0: Hey, thank you, guys. We're uh, we're uh, privileged to be with you tonight, and uh, we wanted to speak to you tonight about being uh, linked in together uh, spiritually. And uh, Judy and I have been married for almost uh, fifty-two years, but probably like uh, <laughs> thank you, probably like many of you here, we uh, were not linked in spiritually when we first started out. We have uh, four children and uh, 14 grandchildren. And, uh, you know, our hearts go out to all of you that have small children here because uh, we're entrusted (laughs) with two of those grandchildren this week, a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and uh, it is a lot of work. (laughs) And, you know, when we had four children, uh, I used to tell people that uh, one child to me was like going to prison and, uh, two was like going into solitary confinement and I couldn't tell any difference between three and four. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I hope that, uh, we encourage you more with, uh, what God has done in our marriage than I have with, uh, encouraging you about what it's going to be like raising your children. So, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, West Texas in a dysfunctional family. I was an only child. Uh, had a passive father and a bipolar mother. And uh, I was a poor student and a very angry uh, kid who got into a lot of trouble. And I brought a lot of grief to my parents. And uh, like the old song in the, in the 60s... Uh, I fought the law and the law won.
1: And I grew up in far, far, far West Texas as the third of four girls in a very serious Baptist home. My father was very stern, but I never doubted that he loved me and that he was concerned for me. We were not wealthy, but God's grace worked it out to where I could leave far, far, far West Texas and head to Baylor as a college freshman.
0: And that's where Judy and I uh, met, you know, where parents send their daughters to meet a godly guy. But uh, by that time, by the time I got to college, I had a head knowledge of Jesus Christ, but it did not affect my life in one way. And uh, on Wednesday evening each week, Judy went to an organization called BRH. It was Baptist Religious Hour. And me and my friends also went to BRH, but it was out on the Dallas Highway and it was called Buddy's Roadhouse. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) Judy was a believer and and I was a deceiver because I'd promised her dad that uh, I'd be the spiritual leader in the home and uh, that I would be active in church. Well, that lasted about three months because uh, when we started going to church... I didn't like it because I ended up smoking by myself on the steps uh, between the Sunday school and church service. So for the next seven years, Judy continued to grow in Christ and go to church while I was completely obsessed with myself and my career. And while we enjoyed each other most of the time, uh, we had no foundation, no direction to where our marriage was going. Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together if they cannot agree on the direction? And uh, the answer to that is no. And Judy and I were definitely on different paths, different pages, and going in different directions. My passion and pursuit was uh, making money and making it big in the business world. And I was working for a small company that invented the uh, automated teller machine back in the 60s. And the uh, president of that company uh, became my mentor and he said, I'm going to make you very successful, but unfortunately uh, he got fired and uh, <laughs> my dreams uh, quickly evaporated. So, but in, in the midst of that disappointment, I knew that purpose in life must have something to do with spiritual things because I saw the peace that Judy had in her life as she pursued Christ. And about that time, a guy came knocking on the door from Campus Crusade for Christ, and he asked if we would support him and join a Bible study. So I thought this was probably a good way to get on God's good side. So uh, after a few months in that Bible study, he had us memorizing a little book called The Four Spiritual Laws. And as I was memorizing that book one night, as Judy was taking a night class at SMU, sitting in the parking lot, uh, Romans 3.23. Uh, It was like a light turning on in my mind and heart that says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, I bowed in the car and I asked uh, uh, Christ to forgive me, uh, to come into my heart and change me and make me the man that he wanted to be. And he not only saved my life that night, but he saved our marriage because we started on a path that Judy and I were going in the same direction And, uh, you know, if there's anybody here like I was, you know, Judy and I would love to talk to you and actually give you one of those little booklets. It's called Connecting with God Now. And just uh, have you consider the claims of Jesus Christ.
1: So for seven years, we were not linked in together with God spiritually. We did have a lot in common, but there was what I would call a spiritual silence between us And I would describe that spiritual silence as profoundly deep, and it affected uh, a great deal of life. Something that really helped me during those years of waiting was that I had a great Sunday school teacher, a very godly older woman who taught our young married women's class the biblical role of a wife, and she encouraged all of us in the class to follow that. And she would constantly be saying to us, Don't be your husband's Holy Spirit, but instead pray scripture for him and let God be the Holy Spirit. And uh, as I've progressed in life, and I tell uh, young wives this, I think that when you try to play the role of the Holy Spirit in your husband's life, it's kind of like him stepping on gum, and his foot is stuck, and he's trying to get loose, and he misses out a lot on what God is trying to teach him or get his attention with because he's so busy trying to get loose from that gum of you being their Holy Spirit. But God got James's attention. He did begin to grow, and he did begin to learn how to lead us as a family. So from not being linked in together with God at the beginning of our marriage— Now, in August, we'll have been married 52 years, and we are enjoying the fruits of staying together and being linked in together with God and each other and reaping the fruit and the grace of staying in the covenant relationship that we did make a vow to 52 years ago so that From that point of him accepting Christ, then there were like three of us in the relationship. It was not just James and me. It was James and me and God. And so then our marriage was headed in the same direction without the spiritual silence which had been so profound.
0: And so tonight we want to talk to you about three things that have helped us to be linked in together uh, with God. And uh, that's praying together. And it's uh, using Scripture as our guide. And it, the third one is being involved in community. And three verses that have been motivational to our prayer life is number one is uh, uh, Colossians 4.2. It says, be devoted to prayer. And then Philippians 4.6 says, pray about everything. And then 1 uh, Thessalonians 5.17 just says, pray all the time.
1: And so tonight, if you as a married couple are not praying together, uh, when you, uh, we want to encourage you to begin to do that. But we also want to be honest that when you begin to do that, can you say awkward? It is awkward. And that was true for James and me when we first started trying to pray together. And we just couldn't find the kind of a comfortable way to do that. And so what we have recommended to couples, there is a little book just this size by Dennis Rainey. It's called uh, 30 Days of Praying Together, Two Hearts Praying is One, I think is the title on the front of it. And it gives you a 30-day plan for getting started to pray together. And it just starts out really simple, and it just builds on that till at the end of the 30 days it kind of launches you out. But I wanted to tell you what worked for us, what works for us in our marriage, about praying together. It did not work for us to sit down and look at each other or sit next to each other or just lie down in bed and, and try to pray before one of us fell off to sleep or something. But what has worked for us is that we walk and pray. Uh, we don't run because not as adept at, at talking while we're running, but we walk and pray. And so what we try to do is every morning before James leaves to go to work, we walk together. And what it has developed into is that he prays, and he prays for his day, and he prays for the things that are on his heart, and I listen. And I don't uh, try to help him figure it out. I don't criticize him for wanting to pray about that. I listen. And when I'm listening, I'm hearing his heart being revealed to God. And then he does the same thing for me. And he doesn't say, well, why are you praying about that? Or let me fix that for you. And sometimes we leave the house, we walk together for a mile or so and come back to the house. And we really haven't spoken directly to each other, but we know a whole lot about each other. Because we've heard each other discuss the day in our hearts with God. So what happened to us as we began to pray together? We we would pray together by walking. Even when our kids were little, our house at that point was down here, and you could go uphill here and downhill that way. And so we would leave our house, go up a little way. We could still see our house from up there. Then we go down that way. We see our house looking upward. When he had heart surgery, we walked inside our house every morning because he couldn't still he couldn't walk outside for a while. But what happened is that. Praying together began to just be an organic thing for us, not an artificial thing, not something we really had to work at scheduling, but just was automatically becoming part of our life. To where this point in our uh, marriage, we pray all the time together. We pray on the phone. We text each other. We email each other. We walk. We pray. Uh, When we go on vacation trips, we love to just walk. And spend a lot of time in prayer. And so the three of us involved in the marriage is increased because of our prayer life together, talking to God, the two of us talking to him.
0: And, you know, prayers don't have to be long. We have what we call five-second prayers of where you can just say, you know, God, help us through the day. Uh, Lord, help us to be kind to each other today. Uh, Lord, help us to grow in faith and hope and love, uh, and uh, just uh, show respect for each other uh, as we go through the day. And uh, we also pray uh, a lot of fun prayers, and uh, we started that out early in our marriage, and uh, I remember a time of when uh, we had no money and four kids, and we were praying for a weekend away, and it it turned out that through my business, it got to go on a a cruise that was completely free and just saw that as a complete, you know, answer to prayer and then uh, uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago when the Rangers were in the World Series a grandson and I went out there without tickets, just holding up uh, a sign that says we need tickets and we were willing to buy tickets and we were out there for about three hours, and the, my grandson would go lay on the ground and pray. And, uh, you know, Judy, Judy would call and pray with us, and and the tickets were all about three or $400 more than what we were going to spend for a ticket. So we were getting ready to leave, and a member of the Texas Rangers organization walked up to me and said, are you looking for tickets? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I've got two of them here we want to give you. And she walked us through the gate, and this was on the third baseline, about ten rows up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, what an impact not only it had on my grandson, but on me, on how God answers prayer. And God mm-hmm. loves us to pray about everything. And then we also pray big prayers. And, uh, you know, we're here together tonight because God has answered prayer uh, in our marriage God has healed our marriage and he continues to heal our marriage. And there's a verse Colossians 117 that says he talking about Jesus Christ is before all things and in him all things hold together. And our marriage is being held together by Jesus Christ and and he'll do the same for you if you will ask him. And uh, we're truly linked together uh, in prayer uh, and uh, you know, there's still big prayers that, that God hadn't answered yet, but we continue to pray because we know that the Scripture says, with God, nothing is impossible. And so we trust in that as we pray these impossible prayers. Uh, making Scripture our guide, we've always found that God's Word is completely true, and we can depend on it, and it has the answers to all of our life questions And uh, Judy and I are linked into Scripture daily through the journey. And uh, if you're not part of the journey, you know, we'd encourage you to go to jointhejourney.com as we're reading through the entire Bible right now. And we're in the book of Psalms. And, uh, you know, we discuss the journey along with both of us uh, journal uh, the journey, just what God's teaching us. And I just use a little notebook like this. And uh so this year uh I'm picking out a verse out of each chapter and praying for our family, our community group, and the body of Christ at watermark and uh uh this is the uh, this week I started on the fourth notebook uh of this year, and I'm not doing this because I like to write it's because I know God loves for me to pray scripture, and He answers those prayers
1: and Both of us are convicted that we need to stay in God's word daily. But, again, we don't do that where we sit down next to each other and we do Bible study together. But what each of us does is does our Bible study on our own. And we do make it a point to share at some point in the day what each of us got out of it. there are many different ways to get into god's word daily and it isn't a question of how much of it you read each day it is a question of your heart attitude of reading until something speaks to your heart and life and then just carry that with you throughout the day and i know sometimes i speak to young mothers who just say i don't have time to read it but just start and read one verse and find something that you can hang on to for the day but being in God's word daily will help you live with eternal eternity in mind. And in our family, we've always used as a tangible illustration that we want to live life like a fraction, where the now is the numerator, but eternity is the denominator. And that changes your whole perspective on what happens in your day. Yes, that did happen, but let's put it over eternity. When you get there, is that going to be the thing, the first question God is asking you? No. Because we're focused, because we've been in God's word, we can think about what it means from an eternal perspective. The other thing that we say about marriage is that it takes buckets and buckets and buckets of grace. And God is not stingy with grace. But you will believe the lie that he is unless you're in God's word. But when you read his word, you just see how he's constantly, Being willing to uh, give grace and mercy to others. And the other thing is that reading scripture renews your mind. And your mind can get in stuck spots and not be able to maneuver around hindrances. But scripture can help you break those things down. And scripture increases your awareness of the character of God. And one thing, women, I would say about us, we cannot entrust our marriage to god until we deepen our understanding of his character because at the base of things we just really don't believe that he's good enough or great enough or loves us enough but when we stay in scripture we can be convinced of that so we have found scripture to be our one guidebook for our marriage then our third thing tonight we just want to stress to you is living together in community we have been and the same community group for 35 years. We meet every Monday night at our house. We have raised our families together. We have buried all of our parents together. Now we pray for our grandchildren together. And if you're starting out in community, be patient. The first several groups that we were in, they weren't called community groups, then they were called many churches or life groups or different names. But the first couple of ones we were in, I came home one night after one, and I said, James, I don't like any of the people in there. I mean, they're not people I, I even want to be with once a week.
0: And, and they didn't like us either. So. Yeah, they
1: didn't. <laughs> so be patient with it and pray that God will get you to a group that will last 35 years. And we say now uh, that we will all go to the same old folks' home. Uh, it's because, And right now we're at a point where if we pray too long, people fall asleep and we can't hear each other. Mm-hmm. But we just say, you know, God is going to see us through to the mm-hmm. end to finish well. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we've experienced uh, many, many difficulties, you know, over these 35 years, uh, you know, with uh, uh, in-laws and infertility and parents and parenting and finances and conflicts both inside and outside our family you know job and work related uh, difficulties health problems along with just all of the snags of life that you run into and a great truth to remember is John 16:33 Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation but he goes on further to say but take heart i have overcome the world and, in each of these problem areas, we seek the counsel of the of the the members of the community, and we have found that uh, by sharing a burden, uh, it divides the burden. It's not near as great on us when we when we do that, and we have had tremendous uh, help and encouragement and prayer support uh, from our group for all of these years and we have come to realize that our marriage is much stronger and it's much healthier in a circle called community. And uh, what we had, you know, just like to... Well, well, first off, I'd just like to say, uh, after almost 52 years, we still have conflict and we still have struggles. And uh, I know those will never end because of our sinful nature. And, uh, you know, I came home a couple of months ago, and this was on the bedroom door. It was uh, taped on it, and it says, Please, please, please do not close this door. It wasn't on the bedroom door. It was the closet door. And, uh, and I looked at it, and then it, you know, I remembered for three weeks, Judy had been asking me to fix the door. She said, you know, I can't get in that door. It's too hard to open. And I mean, I could get it open by both hands pulling it. <laughs> So I didn't think it was really that bad, but it was just another case of my selfishness and not looking on her interests is more important than my own. And so uh, I fixed the door right there, and I wrote a little note on it. I said, I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can uh, it <laughs> I said, uh, forgive me for not doing it sooner. I love you, James. And then I, I went in and I went in and told her I had done it. But uh, hey, until we die, you know, we're going to have conflict. We're going to have struggles. So it does not ever get to where it is perfect peace, you know, in a marriage. But you know what? That's how God is uh, perfecting us is through our spouse, and that's one thing to really keep in mind. But tonight, what we'd like to ask you to do is just thinking about those three areas of prayer and scripture and community. And during this next week, uh, talk about those as a couple and see which is the weakest link of those and and purpose what you would do to work on that and then come back next week and share that with your group. And the reason you share it with your group is so you can have the group praying for you that God will help you to be more effective in that particular area. And, uh, you know, all of these, we can all work on to, uh, be more effective in, uh, just drawing closer to the Lord. But as we finish up tonight, what we wanted to do is, uh, is pray, uh, scripture, uh, for you guys, uh, just kind of how we pray is showing that that is, we do know we're in God's will when we're praying scripture. And, uh, Judy is going to pray what uh, I think she prays for a lot of our family members each day. And I just wanted to pray for the guys from, uh, uh, from Titus uh, chapter 1. So I'm going to let Judy start out. So,
1: okay. Father, I just pray for all of the women here tonight. And I pray that you would give us a heart that submits to you and recognizes your rightful authority and your great love for us that is for our benefit. And I pray, Father, that uh, you would help each one of us to have a vision for the role that you have called our husbands to and that you would give us a heart to help support him in that and encourage him in that. I pray that you will help us to respect our husbands. I pray that you will help us to love them. And according with your scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, the way you define love, I pray that you will help us to love our families. I pray that you will help us to make our homes a place where uh, you are honored and uh, people can come in and sense that even. I pray that you will keep us pure, that you will help our minds to stay focused on you, and that we will flee from things that are impure. And, Father, that you would just give us the temperament that you desire that is pleasing to you and the temperament through which you could work to bring great honor and glory to yourself and to provide us reaching the potential that you have designed in each of us.
0: And, Father, I just pray for all of the, uh, the men in the group, and I just pray that we would be well thought of for our good life, I just pray that we would be faithful to our wives. I just pray for our children that they would uh, become believers if they're not now. If they are, they would grow in Christ and they would not be wild and rebellious. I just pray that we would live blameless lives. And Father, I just pray that we would not be arrogant or quick-tempered. Just pray that we would not be heavy drinkers, violent or greedy for money. I just pray that we would enjoy having guests in our home and that we love all that is good. And Father, I just pray that we would live wisely and be fair. That we would live a devout and disciplined life and that we'd be strong and steadfast in our belief and in the trustworthy message that uh, we have learned about Jesus Christ and through your word. And that we'd be able to encourage others with right teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. And Father, I just pray for these couples here. I just pray that you would make uh, uh, each of them and make Judy and I just give us tender hearts toward each other. Father, I just pray that we'd be yielded to you as you change us and conform us to the image of Christ. I just pray if there's anyone here that does not yet know Christ, that tonight might be the night that you just reveal how very, very much that you love them and that you died on the cross for their sins. I just pray that you would increase everyone's oneness with you and that you'd increase all of our oneness with our our mate. And uh, Lord, we uh, just thank you that you're a loving God. And uh, Lord, I just pray that no one in here would uh, close the door on their marriage, that they wouldn't have a stuck closet door like, uh, like I had, but it would just swing open freely uh, between the husband and the wife. And Lord, you had heal hurts, and Lord, that uh, you would just be the glue that holds all of these marriages together. And we ask all of these things in the good name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>